This is Kent Clothier. If you are looking to improve your life, improve your business, and just get it all together, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Time Is Now podcast. What's going on, girl? What's going on, Kent? I'm excited that you are here. How's things? Thanks for doing this, by the way. Like, what a freaking epic lineup. And you threw Jesse Itzler in there, too. That was amazing. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, I'm sure you got some more surprise guesses that you're putting like under your sleeve or something. I, I got some. Uh, I got some people <laughs> coming next week that are gonna that are gonna equally blow some people's minds. It's you know, it's one of those things where I have not. Um, I've been very, very careful not to cash in any favors with anybody over the years, and this was one of those chances where I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, screw this. This is a chance I need to call in all the favors. I need to get the cavalry in here and get people uh, excited. And so I mean, I'm really excited that. Uh, Literally, I've had nobody, nobody tell me no at this point, yeah. like, literally, including Ed Milet, including Jesse Itzler, mm-hmm. people that are, um, you know, clearly playing at a really, really high level. And so I'm excited. It's been really, really good. So my guest now is Raquel Quinette. And guys, you know, I know a lot of you probably don't know Raquel. And uh, but I'm going to make sure that uh, you walk out of here and clearly know that she's somebody that you definitely need to know. I'm really, really honored that you're here, girl. And Let's just go back for a second because I want people to know exactly how much I think of you and exactly why I've invited you here. Because uh, as many of you know, a couple of years ago, I started a company called Cribs. And, and ultimately, it ran into some roadblocks uh, at the end of last year that ended up it all kind of best idea, amazing team, amazing time. Um, and we just ran into some situations where we couldn't, we couldn't navigate it and end up having to dissolve the company, which was really, really unfortunate Mm-hmm. based on everything that, that we had gone through. But going back there, I want you to understand that when I started Cribs um, with my partners at the time, I literally believed in that moment that it was the greatest thing that, that would, would come about real estate. And quite frankly, I still believe that. And that it would be the idea, not only that would revolutionize and change the entire industry, but that um, it would be the thing that would change my own life and create generational wealth you know, throughout my, you know, literally be the biggest thing I'd ever done. And so when you think about it, put yourself in that situation, right? A guy that, is, that has done a lot of things, a lot of years, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but sitting on kind of on top of the world in a lot of, a lot of, a lot of ways. And still I have an idea that I believe is the very best thing that I will ever do. And then the very first person that I ever hired and recruited my ass off to get was Raquel, right? <laughs> So that, if that tells you anything, that tells you how much I think of Raquel, right? I mean, she is an absolute rock star uh, and, and somebody that I have so much respect for. And I know that in the real estate industry at large and in basically as a woman entrepreneur as well, she has just got uh, so much. She's just a very, very powerful individual that has knows how to get things done and knows how to get things done in almost uh, you know any type of tough situation. She's a go-getter. She's somebody that takes it on and just attacks, which I can't even tell you how much I appreciate that, but equally how powerful that is, especially in today's environment. So that's why I asked her to come here is because she knows what it's like to push through tough times. She knows what it's like to go out and uh, start businesses and run, run companies in a virtual way, right? Which is extremely important right now and extremely timely. And she knows how to persevere and dominate in everything that she goes after. So Raquel, I want to just kind of, first off, thank you for doing this. I know you're very, very busy. Thank you for yeah. taking the time. 
Thank you for having me. And I was waiting for the blue shirt when you were giving out free gifts. I was like, where's that blue shirt coming? All, all the cribs, all the crib shirts. <laughs> that, well, that's the I'm other. sure there's a box somewhere. The best t-shirts you've ever had. Great t-shirt. Most comfortable. Most comfortable. Everybody loved them and I had to throw them all in a dumpster. <laughs> so, um, Good times. Good tell, times. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself here. I want everybody to kind of yeah. understand kind of your background, where you're coming, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So I came from, you know, I'm one of those like rebel childs that like says, uh, your parents tell you like, go to college, do all this. And I go like, no, I want to do my own thing. And like, they're like, you've got scholarships, you've got every college that wants you. And I'm like, well, I still want to start my own business. And they're like, well, you know that like, you've got something that's set to go for you. And I even like gave up a corporate job, like making lots of money to go into real estate. I went into real estate at the age of 19. And basically it was more to invest. I saw one of those infomercials at night and I was like, Hey, I could do this while I'm in college, part-time Carlton sheets. It showed up on my doors magically. And I was like, I want to invest. And so I got into real estate by accident, like the real estate residential brokerage side by accident, because when you get your license, I had no idea that every broker in town wants you, wants to hire you. Cause I guess you get your license and you need to actually hang it. Right. And so I decided at that time that I was going to hang it with our local brokerage. And during that time, I, um, I was the kid in the office is what they called me the kid in the office because I was 19. I, a lot of the people that had worked there were, you know, uh, my friend's parents that were selling real estate. But what I did find in those early years of doing real estate was that I wanted to hang out with who was actually getting it done. So like, I always had that knack of like, if there's a shortcut, if there's a way people told me I couldn't do this, I want to find like those mentors in my life um, that will help me like, fast forward, like, uh, you know, learning about real estate. So I did that for a little bit. Um, later on, like fast forward, we were the first one of the first real estate teams um, born in the Bay Area. So we had so much volume. We also opened up a mortgage company. This is in 06 and 07 uh, or 05 and 06. So, you know, you had every dot comer coming into our market. We were selling, you know, homes at multiple offers, the good old days, you know, 50 offers. And then we started investing in Nevada and Arizona. So like we pulled out equity, you know, every wrong thing, like stated assets, you know, because that's what my mentors were telling me, like, go buy, don't buy cars, don't buy like purses, Raquel. I didn't have kids at that time. Go buy some houses. So, you know, my first house um, I bought because I couldn't afford the Bay Area. I bought actually in, in Las Vegas. That day I put, I remember like very clearly, I went and saw two subdivisions. I put $500 on each subdivision and I bought two houses that day. And then later on, you know, bought some houses in, in Phoenix. And when I got married, um, you know, I had been born and raised in the Bay Area. Um, we decided that, hey, what, it, what, what would it look like? Brad and I decided, what would it look like if we moved out of the Bay Area into, you know, Phoenix? Because we knew that like Las Vegas probably was not the place where we were going to raise our, our family. Let's go to Phoenix. And if we don't like it, we're young enough that we could move back. Well, we ended up buying a home, like, and I thought it was like my dream home, custom built, built it on the golf course, right? And and then, um, and that was in 06. So everyone knows that like a year later, right. 07, like the market freaking tanks. 
you know, and that house is like worth nothing pretty much. And I thought I was getting a deal coming from the Bay Area. So in 07, I had the opportunity to uh, look at a leadership role at the age of 26. And I took a failing brokerage, which was uh, one of Keller Williams offices out of Goodyear. And I remember the uh, owner, Tom Wood, who's still my owner today, saying, Raquel, like, I'm losing my shirt off. You know, someone told me about you, would you, and you, I know you're running a team out in California. I know you've got a mortgage company, but would you be open to helping me turn this office around? I had no idea what I was signing up for because that was, you know, that it didn't crash yet. It was about to like really seriously crash. So I took that in September, 2007. Um, and I learned so many crazy things during that recession. And what I learned was that number one, you know, when people say you can't do something, you either believe it or you don't. Right. And so, you know, I was a newcomer. I was the young girl that came into, you know, Arizona, who the hell is this girl? What is she telling us? And three years later, we became the largest office, right? Uh, we became one of the top 10 in all of Keller Williams right? Meaning more production, more sales. We closed down other brokerages because they couldn't wait to be at our brokerage, right? Um, And and that taught me a lot. I mean, definitely leadership, right? In times of like a recession, everybody needs a strong leader and you need to keep pushing through. And then from there, I decided that um, I was going to build an REO team because someone said I couldn't do it. Right. And I had my second kid. And so, you know, me being the rebel, I said, okay, well, like it's 2010 now it's too late to get in the REO game. And I said, why not? Let's, let's figure it out. And I've been training agents, 300 of them. Right. And again, like I had people lose their homes during this time. I had people, cars repossessed. We also, as a family, downsized during those times, couponed. You know, it definitely humbles you when you go through a recession, but you get smarter every time, yep. right? And so we, um, we built an REO team to, in 2010, and that a year later, we got some REO accounts, and I walked on that stage as a solo agent um, because I was uh, raising my second child as a solo agent selling al- almost 300 homes a year by myself. What that meant was I had systems. I started learning how to hire VAs. I mean, you're selling $50,000 homes when people say you can't build a team, you can't be profitable. Well, we just, you know, we basically just took the brokerage from failing to profitable to one of the top 10. So what tells me that I can't build a sales team in this market? And, you know, that right there, you know, helped me understand that, like, you don't need people in your office to make a company run, right? You actually just need talent and you need expectations. And that kind of led me to my next uh, leadership opportunity, which was Five Doors. Five Doors, you know, again, somebody said you couldn't take a team and expand it throughout the country. Guess what? We took it and we expanded it to 23 cities. Um, We ended up being on the Inc. 500 of one of the fastest growing real estate teams and brokerages of all industries, right? All companies. And we took that, you know, it's really hard in real estate to double your production. If you're at a million going to 2 million, we took it from like 4.6 from nothing from scratch all the way to the, over that 10 million mark, which really got us on the map for other brokerages. And, you know, this is where like cloud brokerages were like starting to happen because they were seeing some of the models of like, you actually don't need everybody in your office. Right. Yeah. 
So, so what's and from there I went to Krebs. <laughs> <laughs> and so what are you doing now? What, what, I mean, I know you got your pat, you got a lot of stuff that you're passionate about right now that you're really out there. Yeah. Helping. And so right now, I mean, I can't even tell you how many phone calls I've gotten from like business owners, from brokers, from agents trying to get on my schedule to like coach. I still coach today. I just don't have time for like one-on-one. And so I'm doing more group coaching. I actually just put something really quick together, you know, to really um, expand my horizon in the female entrepreneur space. So taking our business like online, giving back to some of the women out there and um, helping them build their business online is what I'm doing today. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack for a second here. Okay. Because a couple of things that I think are really important that I want to make sure that people pick up on uh, because I had a very similar experience in that. You know, when I was, shit, how old was I? When I was 26, I guess, my father and I were running this diverting company, this, this arbitrage company. I've told you that story, the, the grocery company. And mm-hmm. we were based out of Memphis, Tennessee. We had a much bigger competitor come in and buy us. He leaves. Uh, when he left, we were doing $47 million a year the very next year. Um, with me running it, we did $85 million, right? And so they were mm-hmm. like, hey, let's get this kid. Let's take him down to uh, Boca Raton, Florida. And... Let's give him the keys to the castle. Let's see what he does, right? And so mm-hmm. suddenly I found myself at 27 years old, running, you know, taking an $800 million year company and in three years, it turns to 1.8 billion. The big lesson now, you know, the 50 year old guy looking back at that guy was that I was just so fucking stupid and dumb enough to actually believe I could get it done, mm-hmm. right? And there's a very common theme. You kind of echoed the exact same thing. Right. When you it's amazing what happens when you are young and naive and believe Mm -hmm. you're invincible and the world hasn't gotten to you yet. And if you believe which is there's a massive, massive lesson in there. Right. It's that um, so many of us are trapped right now. We were talking about it on several sessions that you're trapped because the world's gotten to you. Right. It's telling you why you can't why you you know, you've gotten all this input that says you can't do this. You can't do that. Remember when you were young, remember when you were naive, remember when, I mean, you proved it in your own business that I'm, I'm just dumb enough to not listen to anybody and just go and turned you into a massive success. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, if I didn't have that thought of, of being naive, I don't know if I like would have taken that opportunity. If I listened to all the noise and all the people that said, you know, you can't do it. Um, it's never been done before. You know, usually people close their brokerages or people don't get into REOs or build a team like you built it. But, and, and the other thing is, what I also realized in that is that you don't have to ha- figure everything out. There's going to be people that figure things out. And I realized that as like you're pivoting, especially in this time, sometimes you're building the systems as things are coming to you, right? <laughs> and you'll hit a ceiling and you'll break that system and you got to build something else. So never stay attached to like how you guys operate today. And it's so perfect for, for obviously today's times. Yeah. So let's talk about today's times, right? So what I mean, you're still actively involved in the real estate space. I know you're very connected uh, throughout the country. Uh, and we got a lot of people. Obviously, my audience is a big real estate audience. Some are agents and brokers and, and a lot. Most are investors. So talk to me about the what you know, the way you see the world right now. Right. I mean, what are key pivots that you see a lot of people taking uh, and that you're advising people to take? Well, one, I think this this is a great time to up your game in how you deliver your experience digitally. 
right? Whether it's you helping a wholesaler, you as a wholesaler helping another, one of your clients sell their home. You don't actually have to go to the home sometimes now. You can actually do everything virtual, right? We're doing virtual listing appointments, you know, virtual buyer appointments. And I think what it's doing is it's actually allowing us, what the good that's coming out of this is looking at our technology. I think so many times people have, um, resisted technology. And that's why I love like how disruptive, you know, technology has been for the last couple of years. And those that have been able to embrace it are a lot further ahead. You know, this is like normal doing virtual meetings. This is, I mean, it's not normal being on all of these zoom calls, but it's normal doing virtual meetings because, you know, even for Cribs, you guys were in La Jolla. I was here in Scottsdale. Think, think about how fucking crazy Cribs would be right now. Right. I mean, literally, we just compress. I still the think it's going to happen. Oh my God, drives me crazy. Right, where yeah. people people are being forced. By the way, to your point, they're being forced to get very comfortable buying and selling mm-hmm. across a different platform. Right. I mean, they're being. They're not. They don't have. A, they don't have a. Uh, they have no excuse now. They have. I mean, there's people do not want people coming into the homes. A lot of cases, they cannot come into their homes. So now, getting used to this new environment is being forced upon us, which means if you don't embrace it, if you're a real estate agent, you're a real estate investor, and you're sitting back in any way, shape, or form, and you know, uh, suspending or, or con- trapped, I should say, believing that the old traditional ways, I've got to go on a listing appointment, mm-hmm. I gotta meet them face to face, I gotta get the listing contract signed, or I gotta get the contract signed belly to belly, I'm just gonna wait till all this dies down. Let me help you understand something. You're a fucking dinosaur, right? <laughs> It's, it's, You're going in the taxi car, not Uber and, and you know, Lyft today. Right, right. You are Blockbuster and the rest of the world is moving to Netflix mm-hmm. exponentially faster than it's ever happened. You have to adapt or die right now. Tell me some of the other stuff that you're advising people to do. Basically, you know, you're talking about doing virtual stuff. How, I mean, literally in a tactical way, what are you telling people, hey, uh, what are some of the pieces of software, the resources? Zoom is obviously one you Zoom just- Zoom is make. like, Zoom and toilet paper is what everybody's saying. It's like making it out during this quarantine <laughs> time and this COVID. I'm like, dang, I should have invested in stock and Zoom and, and toilet paper. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Whatever thought, right? But you learn. Um, so Zoom, there's Loom, right? Um, what's really interesting and what I find even like in the brokerage world is how many people can get on a Zoom call? You couldn't even fit- a hundred, some of the calls that I've been on, 500, 600 people in one office, right? Yeah. Now you got people all over the world, you know, look, listening into your training, your voice it matters so much today. So you got Zoom, you got Loom, Slack, you know, um, a lot of people are answering emails with video now, you know, because it, you, instead of, so there's face to face. I don't know, but like during this time, I think I've been more connected with my family members that are out of state than I ever have been, right? Mm-hmm. We get on like Zoom calls, you know, some of them are in New York, some of them are still in the Bay, some of them are in Southern California, but we get on Zoom calls and happy hours and we see the kids and my nieces and my nephews and we celebrated a birthday last week on Zoom. Right. Right, so like having the right technology and the tools right now is so key and make sure your technology works. But I think also with like, with all of this, when you're doing presentations, is be mindful that you actually have to bring the energy twice as much. 
right? Because people have ADD or your clients may not understand technology and may feel uncomfortable. So asking a ton of questions, knowing your presentation, and if you're leading a team or a brokerage, making sure that all your presentations are the same, check in on them, right? Just because you know that they sell good doesn't necessarily mean that they can sell on video as well. Oh, no, no, let's talk about that. I think that's really, really good. So go, go a little bit deeper on there because you and I have talked about that before, making sure that everybody is kind of presenting the, uh, I don't wanna say a uniform, but let's just call it a uniform yeah. presentation, a uniform way, whether it's on a listing appointment, whether it's just even on a seller appointment. Or a meeting, Yeah. Right? Like mute yourself if you are outside. Don't be laying down and having a mute, uh, uh, a, uh, you know, getting getting on Zoom. Act like you care, especially for some that have had to work at home today, right? Um, because nobody can come in the office. Be mindful of like your environment. Um, you know, one of the other uh, tips is like, how do you, and you said this like beautifully, like right before the call is, how do you create engagement when you, you're not in front of somebody, right? The chat boxes. Okay. Right. Um, you know, people are raising hands. There's hand gestures, right? So that you're moving, right? Um, and those are like so important now being on so many different Zoom calls and different meetings for different um, things is that you get off a Zoom call and you're like, dang, that was an amazing Zoom call, right? And you get on with some of them and you're like, wow, that that meeting like, like was dreadful. <laughs> right, right. You can say it, don't worry, it sucked. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, wow, I would never work for that company. <laughs> right. Right, because it's an extension of leadership too. Yeah, so, I mean, the bottom line is you have to be mindful, right? You, look, commerce, again, for, the, for certainly the short term, right? Here, here's the way I look at it, and, and tell me if you agree with this, that, I mean, we all kind of knew that this evolution, and again, kind of going back to the genesis of, of Cribs, this evolution, we believed, I know you and I believe this very passionately, mm -hmm. was going to move in this direction. We were going to try to move it very quickly with, with Cribs, but now we're here, right? This is the way, this is the way right now. And so even if we go, even if, you know, everything kind of returns back to, okay, which it will, the world is all, all okay, um, this is still a very effective way to do deals. So effectively, you can grow your business by capitalizing on exactly what's going on. This technology, this. yes, all you need. this technology exists today mm -hmm. to go and do deals over the phone, right? I was just, I mean, I have a, a virtual wholesaling coaching program that I'm doing right now. And so I was just in between all these other Zoom calls I'm doing, I was just on a, a call with that group and We've got people literally in a matter of two weeks that are already starting, you know, they started where they did not believe that they could do one deal mm -hmm. without walking through a house. And suddenly now they're getting deals under contract and they're selling them all in, in other cities. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it, it starts with understanding, right. That this is a new world. And if the worst thing that comes out of this is that you realize that this is a whole new platform to do deals, there's a whole new way to do deals then you're still winning, right? Yeah, and for those wholesalers that are actually, you know, making calls and on the phones, like there's never been a better time, right? We, I like consult with a company and we handle some of the iBuyers in our market, right? And so like they're on pause, you know, not because they, they don't wanna make offers, it's all the ancillary services that come with vacant homes when you're buying three, 400 homes a month right? Is like how many trades you can get 
out there to prep this home that's vacant for so long, right? Let alone their models are, you know, the open to the public 24 seven and, you know, do, do they wipe their hands? You know, I mean, all that stuff comes with it. You know what? Them. That's a great point. Let's talk about that for a second. So why have the eye bar? You, you know, I know you're in Phoenix and Phoenix, for whatever reason. Well, that's it's, a Mecca. It's the Mecca <laughs> for all the eye buyers. I have no idea why. I mean, we talked about this a million times, but, but open door and offer pad are, based, are largely based there. I know Zillow's there. Zillow. I mean, mm-hmm. You got them all there. Um, I think that is an amazing point because there was a lot of fear that was pumped into the market really fast where people were like, oh my God, all the eye buyers pulled out of Phoenix. Holy shit, what the hell's going? It had nothing to do with whether they were pulling out of the market. What did it have to do with? It's, it's systems. It's new technology that they're, they're um, having to build, right? Um, I think that, and it's not cash. They, they definitely do. are not running out of cash. Well, they're, they're pulling out because of the very things you're talking about. These, their right. models require people to be able to access a property yep. right, that they can no longer control whether somebody, to your point, I mean, how dangerous is it under current conditions, right? Right. That Someone had coronavirus. Somebody had coronavirus and walked through, the, walked through a house. They can't. And they touched can't. the handles, right? Um, didn't wipe it down. Do we put cameras in, right? They are just restructuring. And I think they're going to come back faster than ever, right? They're built for something like this. And it, like, I, like you said, it's really the ancillary services, the procedures, the technology behind it that ha- have them pausing. Yeah, they had to pause because if they didn't pause, all the other stuff that happens, you know, literally, the, the acquisition is probably the easiest part for them. It's all the other steps afterwards that, that holds them down. And so rather than freak the fuck out, right, and like, oh, my God, do I need to be th-? – no, what you need to realize is that they, their business model has some other shit going on. And what this is an opportunity for you, yeah. whether you're a listing agent or whether you're a wholesaler – you need to fill that vacuum because yes. now more than ever, people need to sell. Yeah. And I will say that the people that couldn't get into the Phoenix market that were investors, I see them coming out, right? And going and still buying properties today. Do we still have investors buying in Phoenix? Absolutely. Right. I'm still getting text messages on some of our investments, right? Will you consider an offer today? A hundred percent. Right. And, and, and by the way, that's only true just fucking everywhere. Right. I mean, I know Memphis, uh, REI Nation is still buying. Again, I was just on my virtual coach, my coaching for my virtual virtual class. Every one of those people are still doing deals right now. And in fact, I was I, I read a text to somebody because I had, I had told uh, my boardroom mastermind three weeks ago when this all, when the shit started hitting the fan, and I basically jumped on real quick with all my members like this is what you need to do right now. And one of the things I told them is that you need to double down on your marketing. And you need to start contacting cash buyers. And, and there were several people that gave me some resistance. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. I got an amazing text last night from a really experienced real estate investor, a guy that's in my boardroom mastermind. And um, this is a great illustration of what we're talking about. Let me see if I can find it. Here you go. Ready? Here we go. When you did that first call and said to reach out to buyers and keep marketing because people would still be buying, I completely disagreed. But I'm smart enough to know that I'm not always right. So I looked at it as a challenge. Just want to let you know that since that time, I've sold 10 properties and put $147,000 in the bank. I have 12 more deals under contract that will close in a few weeks that'll put another 100K in my account. That's almost a quarter of a million dollars that I did not see. This sounds dumb, but I'm tearing up right now as I type this. This is a big deal to me. I mean, the whole point of it is, is the world, people are still buying and selling. 
Cash buyers are coming into the market right now. Just because the iBuyers have to press pause, it isn't because they don't believe there's opportunity. It's because of the other things that were coming behind, Mm -hmm. as you said. Mm -hmm. And we're still getting multiple offers, right? It's just we're having to operate in a different way. I mean, I I love that. And then, and then, I, I mean, so let's let's kind of shift gears for a second because I want to talk about something that you've done this basically your whole career. You've mm-hmm. managed virtual teams, right? You talked about, hey, we went into 23 cities. We had all these different things going on. You talked, you kind of touched on it very briefly that you don't have to have people necessarily in your office. I want you to go a little deeper there and talk about a couple things. How do you create culture, right? What are the meeting schedules? How do you conduct your meetings? You know, you've mentioned Slack, you mentioned Zoom, you mentioned Loom. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people may use those tools. A lot of people may not, but I really, I mean, listen, I'm very comfortable running a team virtual. I'm sitting here in my office, La Jolla, California. I walk from my house to here, right? Nobody else is in here with me. I have 30 employees inside of real estate worldwide, but they're scattered all over the world. So to me, this seems natural. To most, it doesn't. To you, it seems natural. To most, it doesn't. Let's talk about that for a minute and and how we, you know, see if we can help some people really get dialed in on the best tools and the best way to manage people. Yeah, so I think it's number one, no different than any other business set expectations, right? What are the expectations now that we have like been forced to kind of operate virtually is what's the expectations of meetings? What's the expectations of accountability? What's the expectations of our sales, right? What's the, you know, uh, what's the expectation of how we show up and, and represent our clients in this climate? You know, um, and I think it's also learning, you know, how to how to deal with technology. How do I share my screen? How do I pull up my contract ready to go? So it's, you know, right now I'm going to go ahead and email it to you. It's already pre-typed. And then if you have any questions, we're going to go and and review it. I'm going to pull it up on the screen, but it's already in your inbox. Right. I'm going to share my screen with you across this and we're going to go through it line by line. So never get off the phone call without a contract if if they're a yes already. And literally educate, to your point, don't don't take it for granted. Educate your team. I mean, take the time to do a fucking training and show somebody exactly how to do this. You know, I'm dressed kind of like a slob, but you know, I'm representing you look you look great. But literally making sure that when somebody comes on an appointment that is virtual like this, they understand how to do that correctly and what the expectations are. Clearly communicate. Right. Communication more than ever, like is so important in today's climate, right? They're scared, right? Let me think about all the emotions that's going on, right? They're scared. Should I sell my house? Um, You know, who are you? You know, how do I build trust through a screen? Like all of that matters, right? And so getting them to say yes, getting them to agree during the whole presentation, making sure you train the agent and kind of also tell your agents or your people that you work with kind of peek in, send me your first recording, send me this, you know, if you can't be on the meeting with them, you know, I've got, you know, uh, we've got our whole team on, 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 on the call today because we wanted to serve you right now. Everybody can learn from that one person. I think it's going to cause us to be extremely effective as real estate agents or as an industry because we can do virtual. And I think there's probably going to be several companies that get born out of this of you, you know, you can do virtual tours and here it is, right? I think I was on a call and there was like all this free training for a real estate agent when it probably would have cost us $2,000 to go to an event like that. It was free yesterday. Right. right? Well, how, I mean, look at this event. I mean, think of what yeah. we've done here, right? This is, this is two weeks. By the time we get done, it'll be 35, you know, national speakers, including yourself. 
I mean, this is an event that would have cost, you know, every bit of two to $5,000 for anybody to attend. And it's less all- travel. Right. Plus hotel. Plus, plus, travel, plus hotel. Right. Plus time away from your business. Right. Mm-hmm. And here we are doing it virtually. This is a, the new world. And that's the way I want everybody to look at this is the opportunity to uh, explore this kind of stuff. I mean, we're demonstrating it to you, but you know, as Raquel's walking you through, this is, this is, uh, you know, you have to embrace this and you have to, because, because not only are you being forced to do it, but this is the way deals will be done. Yeah. And it won't be done exclusively, but there will be a whole new segment of the business that is handled this way. Yep. And I always believe how you show up here is how you show up everywhere. So if you are in a meeting, speak, right? Talk, engage, say something, right? So that your employer or your team or your business, or, you know, they know that you're alive, right? Um, I think it's so important to stay connected. And it's not a bad thing as a business leader to also like for your top people to actually check in with them away from Zoom. Hey, I'm calling in to check on you. And I know I got that call from you, Kansa. That was really nice, right? Because that goes a long way during this time. I think we went through all the people in my like database and contacts and I had my whole team go like, let's just update everybody. Let's just um, ask them if they need help first and foremost. And if they want to ask real estate questions, they can ask real estate questions. But yeah. so many opportunities came out of that, right? Like, what are you guys doing now? You know. Let's talk about that because I think that's actually a really good point because we've had several people say, Jesse said it, Steve said it. I think some other people have said it as well. Um, this is a, you know, I, I, before this event, before I even had the idea of the event, quite frankly, um, I picked up the phone, I called you and I called several other people and I just want to make sure that you're okay, right? And because, and because I think this is an opportunity for you to connect with people like what you're saying and uh, see how you can help them, right? I mean, we're all in this together. There's a way that you can bring value to somebody else's life. I promise you, as sure as I'm sitting here, um, that will come back to you in spades. You not, do not go into it looking for that. Right. Go into it, you know, go into it trying to, be, trying to give value to somebody. But if everybody came, you know, I think it was, it was Jesse and Steve yesterday they talked about if you just made, I think Jesse said, if you made 10 phone calls in a week, uh, but if, and then Steve said, if you made 10 phone calls in a day, you know, think about how much outreach that has and what that would bring back to you, right? In spades. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the messages that we got from that, even from Facebook, I'm like, I don't even know like all of my friends, but help me out team and like, just contact them and see if they're okay, if their family's okay. And if they need any help. And it was like the first day we had like 500 messages come back and like, say, Oh my gosh. And I like, sometimes we'll get on the phone. And I'm like, Hey, I've done a terrible job. I've been so focused on business or so focused on my career. I'm like, so glad that you called and messaged me back. Like, let's connect. How are you? How, you know, and that like has been amazing. Like these last couple of weeks to just connect with some, some people that I have like lost connection with. So I'm going to go over here to the comments for a second. And there's about, okay. a, there's about a 20 second delay. I'm like, cause I can't see any of them. I know. So it's about a 20 second delay. So when I go over here and talk, they won't be able to hear me for a minute here. But if you guys are finding value in this, um, go ahead and let Raquel and myself know. Go ahead and type in the comments there. Give me a hell yeah. Again, I want to remind everybody, every single person that comments, I'm going to send you a gift. Personally, my team is going to reach out to you. They will direct message you in Facebook. They will get your address. They're going to send you something from all this I don't want to call it shit or this um, or my wristband. We're going to send you something in the mail here as a, a gift for just playing completely full out here with us because it's really, really important. Now, equally, I want every one of you, 
Um, some of you are not comfortable running virtual teams. Some of you are not comfortable, you know, you're just trying to figure this whole thing out. I want you to go and uh, in, the comment, or in the comment section, type your questions out because I want to make sure that we tap into her. We've only got her probably for another 20 minutes tops. So Raquel, uh, outside of virtual, let's, let's go a little bit higher. You know, what do you think is going to happen? You went through a recession. You went through a real estate recession. You saw it all unfold just like I did. How do you see this starting to play out, right? And what are going to be the key opportunities here? Yeah, I think we're going to come out of this a lot stronger than we all think. Um, you know, the difference between the recession back then in like 07, 08, 09, right, versus today, we're acting a lot quicker. I see people cutting their expenses a lot faster. You know, government, whether you love them, you hate them, there's so many different packages for small businesses, right, for I, I heard one today, like even one for like employees and payroll, right, that they just came out with for a grant. I think that we are adapting to the new way of business with technology. Um, but the one thing that I think um, a lot of us are unknown about is how unemployment will affect the real estate market, right? right. There's a lot of deferred payments. I mean, we have investments too. We got something from you know our government in Arizona saying that like rent's not due till the 25th. Well, what about us as like landlords, you right. know, mortgages become late. Um, will we have like the question that I, I've gotten a lot is we're, are we going to have REOs? Yeah, we might, but not to the extent of, I think it's going to be covered through either a short sale or deferred payment. There's going to be solutions prior to that. And there's also going to be investors and your iBuyers that will pick some of those up. You know, I think. Yeah, I, I just, let's talk about that point for a second, because what I think, right. And I'll see if you agree with this, mm -hmm. um, is that Probably the single biggest lesson that I think that they learned um, through the last recession was that if you allow all of those homes to go through foreclosure, if you allow them to go through REO, you allow them to go through, but basically that, that is the first domino that takes an entire neighborhood and then ultimately an entire city and then an entire county and ultimately an entire, an entire industry to its knees, right? Think about Destroy the housing market. Yeah. yeah, the whole fucking housing market was crushed and I think they're going to try to really get ahead of that, right? So that's why you see some of the biggest lenders out there already announcing and even uh, moratoriums now coming down from the government, which is, you know, kind of starting to happen where um, they're going to, you know, for, for landlords, for anybody that has mortgages, whether it's 90 days or even a year, and they're going to take those payments, you know, this is kind of out there, right? I don't know, nothing's kind of set, but a lot of those companies are going to start taking those payments and deferring them, put them on the back end of the mortgage because the last thing they want is if it goes through the foreclosure process, if it starts that domino effect, then it destroys entire neighborhoods, all the values start bringing down. And when you have an, when you already have, to your point, right, a huge um, unemployment, you know, entire sectors that are being wiped out right now. So you've got travel, you've got tourism, you have the service sector, you have, you know, everybody staying at home, the effect of the economy, right, I mean, everything's now, now you take the housing market with it. Um, that's going to be, that's going to be a big, big ass problem. And so I think what you're going to see is that, uh, I, whether it's the government or whether it's the lenders being forced by the government, you're going to see a lot of people that are going to get some relief so that they can push it to the back end. So us as landlords, they're going to be some relief for us, but it's still, it's look at the end of the day. Um, and they've gotten a lot faster. Remember like short sales back then took like months and months, sometimes uh -huh. even years you know, you ask for a deferred payment from what I'm hearing from our, you know, our clients is it's a short 
like something online. You could do it even on your mobile phone. You don't even have to send documentation. You do a few check boxes. And then if they need documentation, they'll ask you, but you've got it already in the system. Yeah. I mean, with every, I will tell you with every single, I was giving my personal experience there, there, we have not had one instance, by the way, um, every single creditor that we have called, whether it is a line of credit, whether it is credit card, mm-hmm. card or a mortgage company, every one of them had a, a policy in place that was either 30, 60, 90 days, right. no payment, no interest, no fees, no, no penalty, nothing. Right. Right. We don't want your money right now. Just mm-hmm. get through this with us. And that is very, very encouraging because I think that can help. Not only, it helps everybody, right? A lot of us as landlords, we're getting crushed because our renters can't pay. Right. Um, and so we need that relief as well. But knowing that, that when I see that, it gives me a lot of hope that we're not going to have this massive wave of foreclosures because I think that would be pretty devastating. Um, right. But I also want to make sure that everybody understands that that doesn't take away from the opportunity. There's still a lot of people that are in distress. Yeah. And you can help them by educating them, number one, whether that is through SBA loans or making sure they get all their, but you can also talk to them about getting relief. Um, but equally, you can also talk to them about buying their house or selling it quickly. Bring real solutions yep. to them. Or refinancing, right? <laughs> Taking some cash out to go buy something else. I don't know. You know, yeah. another investment. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, the point of it is, is I think that- Money is cheap, by the way. A lot of lessons were learned and that mm-hmm. I think that, the single biggest advice I could give anybody in the real estate game is get educated quickly because yeah. you can be a real asset to people and people will not forget that, right? Bring real value to the table and you can build an unbelievable community, which I know that's, you know, that, that, that you're kind of living in that space right now where it's like, look, I know I can bring value to a lot of different people. So you're kind of pushing it out there. When you're coaching people, what do you, what, tell me, you talked a little bit about your coaching program. Let's talk about what that looks like right yeah. now. I mean, speaking of like education and training, there's so much training out there. And right now it's being offered for free. I mean, even IREP, who I, you know, kind of have some of my hours throughout my day with Dan and Kenny, like they're offering their course for free, right? You get like their marketplace of knowing where every single iBuyer is in, in, in the country. I have Are they Dan, buying? Dan what? coming on next week, which is, which is. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Keep going. I didn't interrupt you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's so much resources um, for you not like to learn. So there's like no excuses, right? Because everybody's offering it for free. Um, As far as coaching, um, I've got like group coaching. Now it's group coaching because I've gotten some coaching clients, you know, uh, that are one-on-one and we know that like there's only so many hours during the day, but a lot of it is like, how do I pivot my business? Those are like some of the biggest questions, right? How do I continue to um, add income to my business or ignite my income during these times. Right. And it's just having them see the possibilities. And then the last part of it is probably coaching women to get their business online or, you know, get that idea that they have and go, cause a lot of them are not, some of them are not working or they've got kids. How do I stay productive during this time? Even raising a family 24 seven, right? Before I used to have like my own space. Now I've got the kids at home. How do I balance it all? So what do you tell them? How do they? How do you, how do you advise, you know, hell, it's women and men at this point, right? We're, we're yeah. all, I mean, hell, Jesse Etzler yesterday and Steve were literally on the call with their kids running around them. How do you, how do you advise people to, to, to get into that kind of balancing act right now? Number one, as I always say, start with gratitude. Gratitude, well, the moment you wake up, you know, I'm so thankful that we're all healthy, our family's healthy, right? Five things that you're grateful for, because I realize that you can't be confused and angry and lost and have gratitude in your heart at the same time. 
right? Your body doesn't know that. So start with gratitude. Number two is move your body. And I know Ashley like was on earlier this week. It's so important to move your body, especially with all these calls, you know, um, it's just super healthy. Even if it's, you've got to take a break and like take a walk, right? Um, move your body. And we'll look back at some of the people, like she said, right, who really worked out and who didn't and who didn't move their body and use this time to like eat chips. For me, it's donuts and desserts. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I'm a chip guy, man. I get, put, a, put a bowl of chocolate. And wherever my Kathleen is at, like I, you know, we're, we're the dessert people. Yeah, you put a bowl of chocolate in front of me, I got no interest. You put a bowl of chips in front of me, I'm all in. And you, you won't get it away from me. Or like wasabi. Like I'll never forget that. Those wasabi almonds. Right oh now my kids. Oh, dude. That, I forgot all about those. Now those you're like, reminding me. I'm like, that's from Cribs. Like staying in the office and people had snacks. You know? Damn it. I got to go get my wasabi. I got to get my wasabi almonds. Yeah. And then one of the things I do is I operate off of a, a GPS. And what that is for me is goals, priorities, and steps to make that happen. And I always tell people like, if you were going whoa, whoa, to- Say that again. I love that. Say it again. GPS. Yeah. Goals, priorities, and steps to make it happen, right? I love that. So it's like if you were like going to a new uh, meeting, meeting a new client, going even anywhere, like you would never go get in your car and just drive, right? Especially for all of us that don't have a ton of time, like you use your GPS. So why wouldn't you like have a GPS for your day and your life? Like why are you like not navigating through, especially during these times, right, without a GPS? I, I, you know, I believe that, right? You've heard me tell, tell that same kind of an analogy with your life in general, right? I mean, right. so you've broken it all the way down to the day, which I love that. I love that. Yeah, like know where your priorities are. And then like for the, for the kids that are, are at home, I have them like create their own schedule. There are some must like with online schooling, but like create something fun, right? And, and create some chores in there too, right? Because <laughs> now it's spring cleaning time, right? Yeah. Keep them busy, right? Have them understand. So one of the things is like when environments change in my like household is like if I take a new role or if I'm going out of town, it's like we have buy-in from everybody. Hey guys, like you guys are going to stay home. Like this is what's going to look like. Dad's going to be on Zoom calls. Mom's going to be on Zoom calls. You're going to be on Zoom calls with your teacher. So like we are all in different spots of the house and understand that like if the door is closed, that means that we're probably on a call. I love that. And if we're, if it's not, then come in. Right. But, and then I also have a, um, you know, have a hard cutoff time at the end of the day with times like this, you know, energy is so important, preserve your energy, have a hard cutoff time. Right. And so what my end of the day is like going out with my kids and making sure they hit their shots and cause they're in sports and there's no sports. So you can just imagine what my household is today. Right. So, I mean, they've got to hit their basketball shots. They, I, it forces me to get out cause it's my time block with them. And that's an appointment. If I can get on an appointment with all these people on zoom and like all my clients, then I can definitely make that happen with my kids too. Talk about time blocking here for a second, because I think it's a really important concept that I don't, I don't think a lot of people are really familiar with. Let's just mm -hmm. assume that most are not. Let's talk about time blocking because you have a lot of different balls in the air and mm -hmm. probably to your point, when you're working from home, it's never more important than now. Right. Um, then to time block. So talk, walk people through conceptually what time blocking is. So really what I take, when I take my GPS of like, what do I got to do for like the week this week is I will actually create blocks in my schedule and I call them action blocks. Some people call them time blocks because for that 
minute. And sometimes I will probably have like my timer on my phone. I'll put it on airplane mode, especially now that I'm learning how to like create content, right? Because it takes a special brain. You have a whole new appreciation for what I do. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to figure these things out. What the exactly. heck sales copy is. Yeah, you I used to think, you used to think that I just did this, all this hocus pocus shit. Now you got a whole new appreciation for what I do. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, oh. For all you online entrepreneurs there, I mean, I, I'm new to the game. I've been from brick and mortar, right? Lots of coaching clients. At one point, I think I had 40 one-on-one coaching clients, right? Now it's like, how do I take this concept to online, right? So having like to create content takes a special brain, right? So I couldn't do that, do some meetings, do that. It just would not work for my energy. So you create these time blocks. And then what's really important about a time block is making sure that after your action block or time block is that you've got a break. Like you got to like get a break of like 10, 20, you know, 15 minutes, whatever it is, lunch or whatever. Because if you don't put it in there now, you go back from all your Zoom calls, then you go to email. And then that takes up like all of your day. And then you go on a Zoom call and then you're like, oh crap, it's like four o'clock. I haven't even eaten or drank water, you know? Yeah, it's really important in the time that, you know, conceptually with time blocking, uh, I'm just going to echo what you just said there. It's that, you know, if you look at my calendar, there are very specific blocks throughout the day. Um, luckily, I'm very fortunate. I have people around me that kind of help me manage my time because I got a lot of shit going on always. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality of it is, is that I dedicate certain hours of the day to very specific tasks and there's no interruption. Yeah. Um, there are no ones out of the way first. Yeah, there, there are no, yeah, I actually do the biggest sit in the morning. There are no, there are no emergency phone calls. There are no emergency texts. There's no emergency emails. It should, if somebody needs to get a hold of me, somebody will figure out how to get a hold of me. But if I have to dedicate my time to, and let's just say somebody's out there and they're trying to really, you know, whether it's build their online presence or whether they're trying to create content or they're really trying to take their business to, virtual. So it's, Hey, I got to create the marketing plan or I got to make sure that I dedicate time to meeting with my team or I got to go make seller phone calls or I got to go make buyer phone calls or I got to go talk to private lenders or Hey, Kent and Raquel, we're sitting here talking about all the SBA loans and talking to the mortgage companies and talking to American Express. I got to, you literally put it in your calendar. It is not, I will get to it. You literally put it in your calendar and you turn everything off and you fucking do it. And you'll be shocked that when you start getting disciplined with your time like that, a couple things happen, at least in my opinion, and see if you agree with this, that um, what happens is you, you are highly, highly productive, right? Because you're head down, just getting shit done. But then what happens is then when it does come to your family and it does come to travel and it does come to hanging out with friends or whatever the case, you don't resent any of it because... Right. I dedicated the time. I wasn't fucking around, you know, and doing dumb shit and going and looking on, you know, looking at hot chicks on Instagram or looking at the hot guys on Instagram or whatever they, I mean, I'm focused. Or buds as Billie Jean would say. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) I'm doing what I need to do. And again, whether it's 15, 20, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, doesn't matter. I'm doing what I got to do. Hardcore pointed into it. And I'm improving every single day. And if you just focus on doing that in a deliberate way, day after day after day, I promise you, you will come out of this so much better. 
So true. I always tell coaching clients that the day before you go on vacation, like you're a superwoman or you're, and why is that? You get all so your things good. done until like you're boarding the plane. It's because you're laser focused. It's because you've prioritized. It's because you've also asked for help if you couldn't get to it. Yeah. I mean, you think, I mean, you know what? That's a great analogy. If you think about it, that's a really good point. Think about how productive you are right before you, right before you go on vacation, the day before you get on that plane. Yeah. I mean, Ed Milet talked about that at our, at our event, right? He basically went hardcore. Like, imagine for a moment if you managed your life like that in six to eight hour increments, like instead of it being one 24 hour day, it was three eight hour days, how right. productive you could be and how much faster right. you could reach your goals. I mean, I think that's a really powerful concept to go, to go deep with somebody. Yeah. So, the other thing I, I, I would just add to that is like when I was running multiple hats, wearing multiple hats and running four different companies, I remember having a hot mess block. Sometimes you got to put that in there um, when you, you time block so much is that was for all the hot mess, any complaints, any, any issues that got like towards the afternoon and not in the beginning of my day. Yeah. I, you know what? That's a really good point. I'll say that as well is that, um, you know, I have nothing that starts uh, I mean, I have gym and family time and until 9 a.m. I, I will not take an appointment as re business related before 9 a.m. Now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean I'm not doing some stuff. It doesn't mean I'm not making phone calls and doing some. It, but my time block is that I'm, I'm I've got that on my calendar. Everybody knows do not book anything before then. And then I've refused to check any emails, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Drives people crazy, but most of my friends, all of my employees, and all of my partners are trained. That's do not true. send me a fucking email. <laughs> yeah, you remember, right? If you want to communicate with me, you want to send me a text or you call me. But it, I'm, it, not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not checking an email before noon because I'm very aware that I don't want to go. I don't want to put the fireman hat on, and I don't want to go running down a rabbit hole. And if I see those emails, then I know what that's going to do to me but I'm so protective of my time and I know how valuable it really is that I refuse to do that to myself. And I, and you know, I think we've heard time and time again with, with people on here, including yourself, that if you protect your time, you can be not only extremely efficient, but you can be efficient in this new world mm -hmm. where things can be done virtually. I mean, you're literally sitting at your house right now mm -hmm. doing business, right? Mm -hmm. You're transacting. And you're walking into it, you know, understanding that it's a new world. Shit's going to happen, right? Oh my gosh. I can't even tell you how many like agents have said, like, you have to see somebody. I'm like, do you know that we've been operating like this for the last four years? Is that like, we've had virtual meetings, we've had virtual appointments. So this is like the norm. People said like, you have to go to their house. No, we actually have some, the stager go to the house, you know? Right. <laughs> And they take the pictures. And so it's, it's, it's really interesting that like this time has allowed us to be creative. Um, it's allowed us to be efficient, um, you know, and really up our game, I think, in the business world. So um, I want to, one last thing before I let you out of here. As the business is evolving, as, as people are going virtually, if you had to leave everybody here with one piece of advice, what would it be? It's time to like double down, take this time to like double down, look at your systems in your business and make sure that they're ready. They work, they talk to each other because this is not the time to pause. This is not the time to be around negative people. It's the time to actually double down. I mean, I even hired a coach during this time when people aren't spending money or told me not to spend money. I'm like, I want to figure this out. Right. So 
double down on your business, look at your systems, um, look at the experience from the consumer's eyes. And I know we talked a lot about this during Cribs, right? Is now more than ever, look at the experience that your customer's getting on the other side of the screen. I love it. That's great advice. Should I be offended that you didn't hire me as a coach? <laughs> well, you're, a, you're my forever mentor, you said. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. I did say that. <laughs> Whatever you need, you know I'm here for you, girl. Uh, how do people find you? I will say, though, that like you are the real reason why I got into this whole, like you exposed Jen and I, we're like, whoa, what is our EWW? <laughs> like, I mean, oh, that's why he had events. Oh, that's why he has a boardroom. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I mean, there's all, there's method to everything, right, that we do. Oh, don't ever kid yourself. There's always, I, I'm always thinking about what the next step is, right? I mean, I, I am always, and that's why you keep certain people in your life, right? There's a reason why, like, I'm very blessed to have the network that I have today. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I, I, I can tell you, I'm very blessed to have you in my network, and I really appreciate you doing this for me today. How do people get in touch with you? Yeah, I am on the gram. That's really where I spend a lot of like my social right now. Is it's Raquel Q I T S Raquel R A Q Raquel with a Q Q U E L Q Q. Yeah. Okay. It's Raquel Q on Instagram. Make sure that you guys go and reach out to her. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. This was uh, this was great. You did thank you so much. No, I'm you did so honored. No, you did an amazing job, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time away from your family, away from all the businesses, away from all the stuff that's going on, away from your clients to spend time with my tribe. It really, really matters to me, and uh, I will talk to you soon. So happy to do it. Thank you. Bye, everyone. You got it. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't gotten signed up yet with one of our award-winning products, I would invite you to go to reww.com. Check it out. Whether you're looking for advice on entrepreneurship, you're just looking for access to our Real Estate Investing Academy, whether you want to attend one of our upcoming live events, everything you need is right there. Plenty of videos, plenty of free training, plenty of access to software and tools that will help you to become a really successful real estate investor. Again, everything is right on the site at reww.com. You can also check us out at kentclothier.com. 